Greetings. You're on Deep Background for August 31st. I'm Dave Helling with the Kansas City Star. As you know, normally we have a roundtable discussion with reporters here at the Star about political issues, but today we're going to mix it up just a little bit and bring you an interview uh, that the Star conducted with the Missouri Governor Jay Nixon. The Democrat dropped by the Star's offices this week to talk about a whole range of issues over about an hour. A very candid conversation about a lot of things. Ferguson, for example, the, the uh, problems he's been having with the public defender's office, the politics of the state and the governor's race, the Senate race in Missouri, his disappointments, his accomplishments, all part of an hour-long interview that we conducted uh, with the editorial board of the Star and the governor of the state of Missouri. And so today on this podcast, we're going to bring you excerpts from that conversation. Uh, the reactions of the governor are edited a bit just for clarity and length, but I think you get a pretty good sense from this discussion about his thoughts about his eight years as the governor in the state of Missouri. We'll start out by talking a little bit with the governor about what he thinks his accomplishments have been. Uh, he talked about uh, a, a, a solid state budget, unemployment relatively low, he said, uh, improvements to the mental health system in Missouri, the parks system he thinks is in better shape. You'll hear some of that. And then he talks a little bit about his disappointments as well, particularly on the tax cuts passed by the legislature, the uh, problems with ethic, uh, ethics reform in the state, and then finally the inability to expand Medicaid to some of the working poor in the state of Missouri. So that's the first segment. Let's listen to that, and then we'll talk a little bit on the other side. When you look at over writ large, so fiscal responsibility been important. Uh, you know, I've had to uh, restrict budgets, had to deal with dollars, and we'll continue to. We're in the middle of some restrictions right now just to make sure that the, the budget balances and works. Um, I, if I was going to say what it's like the first day and what it's like now, uh, you know, the first few months, quite frankly, the first year and a half in this job, were kind of dominated by the economy and not good news about it. Uh, I get a book each day that uh, that contains what my schedule is for the next day, briefing things, all things I need to read and whatnot. That first six months, eight months, it was full, full of war notices, places being closed, people being laid off, all that sort of stuff. And lately, it, it's clearly shifted to uh, uh, to jobs announcements and more positive things for the economy. Well, I'm very proud of a lot of the things we've been able to stop on the bad tax policy. 253 would have been cataclysmic. That, that was the one that uh, uh, switched 18 votes and, and held the veto on it, about a billion-dollar tax cut, similar to the one in Kansas. I also think that Friday Favors, which was three-quarters of a billion dollars of tax cuts, I was able to stop that one. That was all the sales tax breaks they gave. So that's $2 billion there between the two of them of, uh, of uh, taxes. Now, I've, had, I've signed four or five, depending on how you count them, tax breaks, but they've been specific, targeted. We, I, when I ran, I said I would, not, I would hold a line on taxes, and I haven't, and I have uh, d done just that. Uh, so in that arena, uh, but as far as disappointments, I think 509, the, the, the one that they overrode me by one vote on, that that's a kind of a Kansas light, a $620 million tax break that will be phased in over a period of time. Uh, I don't think it's good policy. I think that LLC break is not a good, it's not good economically, and it's certainly not good fiscally. There have been some 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 disappointments. I I do think that that uh, when you have unlimited contributions, unlimited gifts, and term limits, it is a stew that 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 is that presents you know you know 
attitudinal shifts and new realities. Uh, and, and so I think it's done a couple things. I mean, you guys look at it from, from your line of work uh, and look at the, the, that the, 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 you know, the individual indiscretions that find their way into the, to the star and other media outlets. And that's, that's important to report. And, and I thank you for doing that. But also and equally as, as problematic is I think a lot of people don't realize that a significant portion of what lobbyists do and what that money does is stop things from happening. But Medicaid is one of those things we should have gotten done. So that's a disappointment uh, um, um, to Yale. But I have to tell you, I mean, you don't elect somebody. I mean, Nixon's, I got these 10 rules of simple rules. I'm not going to give them all here, but one of them is people follow people that have two attributes. They appear to know where they're going, and they appear to be having a good time doing it. So I'm, I got elected governor, and I'm just gonna, the glass is going to be half full. Uh, you don't, people are not going to follow somebody who is not optimistic about where they're headed. So I don't spend, I don't, I don't mean to like, I'm not just being the normal politician. I don't want to say I made any mistakes or anything because I, I, in this job, I mean, you, you, you call a lot of balls and strikes and, and uh, nobody's perfect. Okay. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, but I, I do think that I'm, um, I just focus, you know, my, my mind on how can I best use the incredible, power and honor that the people of my state have bestowed on me to make things better for my state. And so I focus on the upside. You guys know that. What's what's the old line? Uh, um, I try to take the high road because there's a lot less traffic up there. As you may know, the governor has also been involved in a dispute with the public defender's office in Missouri. Uh, the public defender's office has said that it simply doesn't have enough money to hire enough lawyers to represent indigent clients in the state. And indeed, the record suggests that Missouri's uh, spending per uh, defendant is uh, at per capita is lower than in most other states. But Governor Nixon is a staunch defender of the amount of money he has been able to get to the public defender's office. Here's that conversation. I'm, we can always do better, okay? But in the, in the world of, I mean, there are, People on the up end of budgets is pretty, it, you know, that, that's, people deserve lawyers in, in, in cases. And they, they, those, those lawyers deserve to be compensated. I, I appreciate and understand on that. Uh, I, I, I do. And that's why we've worked to pass legislation to give additional tools, to put additional money in the public defender's office. Um, and, um, you know, I just, these offices need to be run well. Uh, they need to be run efficiently. Um, and, I mean, both of the recent legal stunts that the public defender did are stunts. I mean, you, I mean, a, you don't have authority to appoint any lawyer directly. The circuit court does it. But secondly, somebody in my position, there's, a, there's an inherent conflict, guys. I mean, I, everybody here is smart. I have the power to pardon. I have the power to parole. I appoint the parole board, okay? You, that, that, I, I will do my rotation when I'm practicing law again in 150 days. No doubt about it. I got no problem doing it. My son just was in a, a federal case. He was appointed counsel, and that'll happen. But, the, but a publicity stunt just to get attention of doing something you know that you don't have the power to do, or at least you should know that. And when you make an argument that you have the power to do it, you show the lack of capacity you have as a lawyer, and you show the more capacity you have as somebody just trying to make some 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 press. That's all. Yeah, I mean, the 
that's up to that's up to the commission. But I, I'm I, I've appointed three new members, so some people yeah. suggested that's that they'll, they'll well they'll make the decision as to what what they think. The second lawsuit, the first lawsuit they filed is equally. I mean, five days into a fiscal year, where I've had to restrict tens of millions of dollars because of low Q4, they say somehow it's not legal for a governor to control the rate of spending, which governors have been doing in this state ever since the Constitution passed. And, oh, by the way, the Supreme Court has a direct case on when Tom Schweig sued, saying I didn't have the authority to do. That's not a good lawsuit either. I guess I shouldn't comment on pending litigation. But, I mean, that's the quality of lawyer you're getting. Those are stunts, Dave. And you know it and I know it. And once again, people can fight about their budgets. I'm fine with that. I got thick skin. If they want to talk about their budgets and say we should do more, I, I wish I could do more. I'm you know, I've got $60 million worth of tax breaks they're doing. I got 509 coming in that's $620 million. I've, my responsibility is to pass forward the best government, giving the best services I can for Missouri. We also asked the governor a little bit about the politics of the state, particularly the uh, governor's race between Erica Greitens, the Republican, and uh, Chris Coster, the Democrat. He talked a bit, uh, a bit about the Senate race. Uh, Roy Blunt and um, Jason Kander, you'll hear those remarks, and just his views overall on the uh, tenor of politics in the state of Missouri and whether the issues are being addressed. Here's what Governor Jay Nixon had to say. Well, I'll probably get more alarmed if some of them start taking positions on issues. <laughs> I mean, what's Greitin said? I mean, I, I, what, what's his position on anything? I mean, what has, I mean, seriously. Um, so I get concerned that folks get elected that, I mean, when you look back, and guys, uh, I, I'm not asking, this is not, a, I'm not trying to be in any way, shape, or form egotistical here, just confident, okay? Um, <laughs> well, when I ran for office, I talked about college affordability. And I talked about something called the Missouri Promise. I said, we need to make college more affordable. Big deal, big deal, big deal. Did a whole bunch of events about it. Talked about college debt. And guess what? Look at my record. Look what we've done. I talked about mental health and developmental disabilities. And look where we are. Autism mandate, all this sort of stuff. The campaign lays the groundwork and the issues you discuss and the things that you, you say to your public that you want to work on. I also said I'm going to hold the line on taxes, which I've done. You know, so... Uh, the fact that you don't have an issue-rich year at the federal or the state level is what concerns me more about our democracy than individual candidates, Rich. Because if you get elected and there's no, nothing you got to do, nothing you promised to do, nothing you said you would do, that's what scares me. Because then all you get into is you have a, a little, you know, you have a, 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 a trumple-down effect of, of um, some, you know, just this, this, popularity politics, what do they call it, the, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, I mean, let's get past Huma and Wiener today and get to some plans for the presidential. Let's not burn a day in a presidential campaign on that. You know, let's keep going. I mean, and, and at the state level, I, I, I just have not seen a lot of these folks um, lay out what they want to do. I mean, on the presidential, they, they hired, you know, two Clinton puppets 
and two Trump puppets to yell at each other every night. And they're very good at the, the dance that they do, and it's kind of entertaining, and they're appealing looking after a while, you know, in, in, in that sense. But they don't say anything. I mean, and, and where, why, I mean, the one thing I, and one of the reasons I'm here is that the, the print media is like the last ones that try to be in the middle, you know, equally cantankerous to both sides. And try, you know, but but you don't. You got a new editorial page person coming in, um, whatever. She's not trying to get like two people for Trump and two for Clinton in here, and then each write competing editorials. Or you know, you try to come to a position. Um, so, uh, Rich, I, to, to answer your question, I would say I'm concerned about the lack of issues, lack of substantive issues involved. They don't match the issues being talked about. Do not match what any, excuse me, polling data or anything else says are the issues that are important to Americans. What are the plans of the two? I like them, especially candor. Um, but uh, the national races tend to get nationalized pretty quickly. The Senate races, the congressional races will be a little more local. Um, but. Elections without issues, decisions by the public about the power of our country without people taking a position on what they're going to do, thoughtful positions, that's dangerous to our democracy, whichever side of the stuff you're on. That's, that's, that's harmful to the process. Every four years is supposed to be a cleansing process for our country in which we go through a national discussion about where we stand on things and then we vote and then when it's over, we support the person that passed, usually 70 to 75 percent of the people, and give them a year or so to see if they can get going and do the, what they promised to do. But when nobody makes promises, or at least, I mean, I think Clinton's made a lot of promises which are good. I, I, quite frankly, she's been very thoughtful about some of the stuff she said in writing and well, she's done in writing and said subsequently. Um, but on, at the state level, Rich, um, and then I have a special kind of thing about the AG's office. I was there for 16 years. I mean, um, uh, I appreciate uh, Professor Hawley uh, wanting to um, rid our planet of birth control, but I don't think that's the sole purpose of being the chief law enforcement officer of the state. See, I got you a quote finally, you know. <laughs> and then finally he talked uh, at length about the events in Ferguson of two years ago, uh, his role in the disturbances there after uh, a suspect or a, a, an African-American uh, young man was shot and killed by a police officer and the resulting uh, con uh, community concerns. So here's Jay Nixon talking about Ferguson. When people ask me about Ferguson, I say three things. We've listened, we've learned, and things are getting better. And we have listened a lot, whether it's me or other public officials or the Ferguson Commission are any number of folks that have really tried hard to figure out what these long-term problems are and how we can make them better over the long term, which is what it is. It's a long-term uh, thing. So we have listened. And I think anybody that was around any of that uh, is well aware that First Amendment rights were protected. People got to say a lot of things in a lot of rough ways, and that's okay. That's America. 
Uh, we've learned. We've learned that these are difficult, intractable problems. They're going to take a long time. When you talk about rebuilding trust uh, with law enforcement in a community, when you when you talk about rebuilding people's confidence in, in, in their government entities, I think we've made a, a good step forward on that municipal court reform bill, for example. I mean, th th we've made a good step forward on putting kids to work in the summer. Uh, that that that. Summer Jobs League program is doing some really am amazingly uh, good things. I mean, we've had some concrete things that we've done uh, to move forward. I think the band of box uh, I did on the, on the state side, things like that will help. I think this uh, this bill that deals with, uh, I keep from the, the, the expungements is going to be a big deal. I mean, that, that expungement bill passed by the legislature this year. We finally got something. Uh, so some of, the, some of that sort of stuff is going to uh, do better. And the last part is we are doing better. I mean... Um, and, and everybody um, wants to, to spend their time being uh, analyzing what, what, what went on two years ago. I was inside it. I was, uh, um, you know, I don't mean to overly personalize it, Lewis, but, uh, you know, um, the false narratives that arose around that will be something I'll just, they'll just be frustrating to me, you know, to say I wasn't there when I was, to, to, to say that, uh, I mean, that, that, that shooting happened on a Saturday. First time I was aware of it was a Sunday when I picked up the post-dispatch and saw it in front. Unfortunately, there's a lot of murders when you're governor. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't deal with individual murders as far as from a law enforcement perspective as the governor of the state. By Monday morning at 9 a.m., I was on the phone with the police chief of St. Louis County as well as Charlie Dooley. Uh, and by 10 o'clock that morning, we'd already called in the Justice Department to have a, a dual investigation. Uh, and by the next evening, after being at the place where the shooting was, I was in a church in, in Ferguson. Uh, and so for folks, and pretty much there uh, around the thing um, a number of times after that. So um, very aware. This, plus also, I mean, this, this is uh, um, the fact on the night when the announcement was made on charging, once again, at a local level, not at, at my, my level. I mean, folks wanted me to remove the prosecutor. You had a dual Justice Department as well as prosecutor investigation going on there. They both came up with the same facts, um, and they did all the interviews together. They both came to the same result, I should note, as far as what, the, what, what charging decision should be made. Um, but those were independent, and it wasn't mine. And, and uh, uh, I thought with duels going on, you shouldn't, uh, it would have been very, very odd to, to, uh, to, 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 somehow try to kick the local prosecutor out, especially when you had a federal investigation at the same time. But then when, when that announcement did come and we had the National Guard there, um, you know, I will accept what criticism people want to give, but I would not and will not order Missouri's soldiers on American soil to lower the barrels of their guns and point them at unarmed citizens and shoot them. Not going to happen. And people, I, I'm old enough to remember Kent State. If, if, if when some things broke out that night, the choice was between that and a little property damage. And I know if it's your business, you got some property damage. Well, we worked with them and, and getting that stuff redone. I will not lose one second of sleep about not authorizing the Missouri National Guard to shoot at Missouri citizens on Missouri soil for property offenses. That's not even close. So when, when, when some of these guys try to say, oh, you, you know, and 
guard should have done this, guard should have done that. Um, I'm not going to say what the Joint Chief said to me. I'm not going to say what General Grass said to me at his retirement this week. But I'm extremely comfortable with what was a, a decision in that regard. And we'd be a lot worse. I couldn't, of the three things I said, we couldn't be saying a third if that would have happened, that things are getting better. And I'm convinced things are getting better. Uh, people are more sensitive. This is something, it's, it's at a gut level. I mean, when you talk about race relations and cop relations and individual relations, um, it's, it's kind of the, the storm of all this hate speech is coming in over the top. But the people in the St. Louis region are really trying harder. And really, I mean, in a lot of – in the Ferguson Commission, any of you that covered any of that or saw that, I mean, my golly, you go out and reach 12, 14 really good citizens and ask them to get, get just – yelled at for three months before they could have any other meetings and all that sort of stuff. And then they come up with a very thoughtful report that we're implementing significant portions of and continuing to use nonprofit dollars to help and entities to help. So things are getting better. Um, but those are you know, to, to say that those are going to be uh, answered and done quickly. So I, I don't um, – I um, – doesn't strike me that any of the Republicans that use that as an issue in the primary are still in the game. <laughs> I mean, the ones that use that as their uh, as their uh, as their pro. I think you know, um, the folks of the region over there are really to the task of making things better, not replaying. Challenges, you know, uh, problems. They're aware of, of challenges, but uh, man, I, when you look at the way it used to be and the way it is now, I mean, if there's a officer involved shooting, you, you, the chiefs are right out there. They're on the front line, talking directly to what's going on. They're meeting with families. I mean, they're they're out. Just this last weekend, I mean, St. Louis City is just this polar cop thing. They're making snow cones for kids in the neighborhoods. They're doing police leagues. They're doing. Uh, I mean, it is. There's a whole lot of. of I mean. The most improved school district in the state last year, Riverview Gardens, where Michael Brown went to school. We're working. We're working hard where it matters. You know, uh, you know it, it, but it's the long, hard pull. You know, it, this is, I, I, I wish it was a soundbite. I wish there was a sentence you could just say. Um, but, uh, um, if pe All I'm saying, if people want to be critical of stuff, they should have solutions. Or they should, and, and I say to everybody now, um, I, when you guys call me and ask me to criticize the next governor, you're going to be you'll, you'll quit calling because I, I, I'm not I'm not going to spend my time after I've been governor saying that the person that's in the chair that has to make these decisions is is right or wrong. It's a hard job. You make a lot of calls. You make a lot of calls, and. Uh, I mean, I'll also, uh, while I won't do those interviews, uh, I will feel like I've done the best I could possibly do, and I've worked as hard as anybody can possibly work at this job. I mean, I, I, people around me know I get up early, I stay late. I work every day at this job. This is not a – this is not I, – I have not – and so, Lewis, I mean, that, that, I, I don't know – I, I just – to me, issues, issues like that are, are, are just – just, it's not political. And there's not a winner-loser side of it, you know? There's what can, we, what can we do together to make things better? So, 
Governor Jay Nixon wrapping up his uh, second term as uh, governor in the state of Missouri. You might have heard earlier in the public defender's answer that he talked a bit about uh, his ability to defend uh, uh, defendants in the future uh, as a private attorney. One of the great parlor games in Missouri is what's next for Governor Nixon. He seemed to indicate there that what is next involves being a lawyer in the private sector. Next week, we'll be back with the regular uh, crew of uh, reporters to talk about all the races in the state of Missouri and across the country, Kansas as well, as we head toward Election Day. Uh, Again, we ask that you uh, distribute our podcast to your friends. Tell them about it. Subscribe. Send us comments. Helling at KC Star. We're interested in what you have to say about uh, our effort to communicate in yet another way to the voting public. For now, this is Dave Helling. You've been on Deep background.